0: A
1: lot of the big, awesome things that I've seen happen here, like, shouldn't have happened here, you know? I mean, in all logic of, like, the size of the town. I mean, even more so back in the day, all that stuff happened because college campuses is, like, where it's at. And, like, kids are partying and you want to go see a band. And, like, that's still there, but it's different. If we were just a town in the middle of the cornfields without a university, not a lot of this stuff would be happening.
0: this is champagne is also a band podcast one songwriter one song i'm sven your host for a journey into the music of champagne urbana recorded in the blue box studio with a songwriter from the champagne urbana music scene past or present champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the champagne showers podcast network Welcome to champagne is also a band podcast today i have harsh and you may know harsh from the uc hip-hop group the broke rappers coalition chalice dubs and also played with dj belly harsh welcome to the show hey how's it going uh thanks for having me today we're going to be listening to your song the truth and without further ado let's listen to the song
2: They pick, pick, pick the scab They bleed, they bleed the path. Sometimes you need to laugh and let the real emotion show Gonna make it cut and dry and not so close to know No ground and suppose And things are so close There's no room for elbows There's more understanding and hell no than maybe so So tell me straight out Cause I need the need I don't want to sugarcoat the tight lips, they sunk ships, but never helped them get to the get where they gotta, gotta go. So don't hold back, just speak the facts and the truth will be told, the truth will be told. Cause lies are a blindfold, and honesty makes my gold, it's 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 times bold. The lies are a blindfold, and i
0: my first and favorite question to always ask is what came first was it the words or was it the music that's funny yeah the
1: words definitely i actually recorded this track in like 2008 i haven't done a lot of recorded music you know a lot of what i do is live over djs and kind of in the moment you know i wrote this as a just a poem you know a verse And I took this verse over to a friend's house to record a producer hypnosis. He played this beat and I was like, Oh, this award, you know, I'll read this over it. And yeah. And that's kind of why I chose this track is because like, it was one of those things. And I I love, I love when that happens, you know, it's like, Hey, I have this beat. I have this verse. Okay. Let's make it work. This verse, if I just did it as a spoken word would be way different in presentation than the way it rode over the beat and whatnot, you know? yeah i I love when that happens that's kind of how it went and it was one session you know i think i don't you know it's so long ago i do feel like i recorded the main verse and then went back and did like the ad-lib stuff and the there's like a little oh bridge or something yeah what you see
0: what you believe what do you
1: see what do you believe oh yeah yeah. that wasn't on the lyrics i sent you because (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) but i forgot that i added that part that's the verse that that the what i sent you in text is the original verse that i wrote and then I added those as like another phrase.
0: Was this just, you had written the verse and then you went over to your friend Hypnosis's house and you recorded it that day? Or? You know, I probably took,
1: I I probably took a folder of verses. I probably, that's kind of how I do it sometimes. And I'm thumbing through things. I don't think I went over there with, Hey, I got the one, you know, gotcha. like it was, it's more like, hey what will fit what will fit and maybe he tailored the beat a little later but i think the backbone of the beat was there the rhythm you know and i don't i probably did it and the cadence worked on it and i was like oh this is good
0: this is good you know how did you work in the hook of the uh you know because lies are a blindfold so were you just like did you're going along with the beat and you started singing it or or like it's the last line of the verse if i did it as like a
1: spoken word so i just kind of repeated that you know and then it just seemed like it kind of needed more i guess like i said this was a while back too so it's like thinking about that process is a little you know it was cool because like my delivery in it was different it's like it kind of has like a reggae tinge to it which i like in my delivery i do kind of reggae styles and whatnot. And, you know, things that I rhyme over, you know, like dubstep and dub reggae and things like that. But I did that later. I mean, I've always been a fan of reggae and kind of comes out in my influences. That was definitely tailoring the delivery to the beat and like how I felt about Because it, it kind of has like a yeah yeah bouncy rhythm. It's not your normal like boom bap hip hop track, you
0: know? Right. It's kind of dancey a little bit. You end up repeating that and that's why I kind of referred to it as a hook because it's kind right. of this, it felt it had that um, if there
1: was a if a hook on this yeah, track yeah, it's yeah. the hook yeah and i just you know i mean i guess you repeat things for emphasis and it's a it's a cool line i guess
0: so let's just back up since the word started this like what were you thinking about when you started writing this like was there something particular going on that you were referring to or was That's it just a like a question too you know, I, I've realized
1: when I go back through my writings, and I probably wrote this in 2006 or seven, maybe, you know, a year before. I already written it when I recorded it. I, when I look back at old verses, not necessarily recordings, but verses, there's ones that are just thematic and I know why I'm writing. And there's ones like about incident, not as much about incidents, but it's I always find that like half the time I'm talking to myself. And Um. I didn't realize it at the time, you know, I'm like giving myself advice or giving, you know, and like at the time when I wrote it, I'm talking to like the the hypothetical person out there, you know, the whack MC or, you know, like something like that, you know, it wasn't like a bunch of people were lying to me and I was like, man, the truth, you know, I don't think it really came from that. I just, I value honesty a lot, you know, also like in it, it's talking about not just being honest, but saying things out and not, I don't want to sugarcoat. Things like that, like tight lips, never sunk ships, but never helped them get where they got to go. Hey, just tell me, you know, don't people, people can be very overly courteous, you know? Right. And it's like, speak up. Like, I, you know, I mean, don't be offensive, but if you feel a certain way and if you like want to say something, you should say it. And I think that more than just lying to people, but also just like something's bugging you, say it, you know, you're going to be better off in the long run because- It won't be, like,
0: festering there, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Since this was something that you wrote so long ago, I'm wondering, like, how do you see this song now since, you know, it's now, you know, almost 15 years old, Right. right?
1: I mean, it holds up. I like it still. It's, I mean, when you ask, like, what's the favorite thing you've recorded, there's some other things that I've recorded that I like. A lot of them are tracks with other people on them, but... Yeah, I still like this track. I just, how it came together and how it, it just kind of clicked. I was like really impressed by how it all came together. Like, I love mm. this verse. One of my favorite verses I've written, the way that it changed and fit and I made it fit, but both of us, you know, the producer and me kind of making it work, like just, I don't know, it's one of those,
0: Yeah. not a gem, but definitely like a, oh wow, that one worked. Yeah. As part of the process of this podcast, it's kind of a study in how do people write music and how do people feel about the music that they write. Right. And so, to me, I'm always fascinated by some people, and, and even the same people, will feel different ways about different songs and the process. Right. So, it's cool that... You like this piece because of how quickly it came together, that in some ways, because of its maybe effortlessness, yeah. that it felt right. And I think it, a
1: lot of times with me too, overthinking stuff, and like, I honestly... With, with live shows, with everything, a lot of the times I'm improving and I'm kind of improving but also going off of like making up things as I go, but also having things that like go to's. the time that I get the most nervous and I feel like I'm not doing as good is when I have to like memorize something and like cues, all of that. It takes me out of the moment. I feel like, unless I'm so rehearsed that we're on and like, that's okay, but I never really do that. So I like this process better than like, hey, here's a beat write to it, you know, which I've done, which is cool. But I feel like some of the best stuff I've done has been like, I showed up somewhere, they played a beat, I wrote to it right there. I have done things where I take a verse and try to fit it onto stuff. And this is a good example of that working mm-hmm. But there's other times when it just feels a little more forced and it feels like it doesn't necessarily fit. You know, I was just talking to my friend Linder the other day and about the process and our process, cause we're starting to write music together and perform together. One thing we talked about was bringing one, like a hook that I've already written before and pairing that with a song and then writing the verses like fresh, because you have this foundation of the concept that the hook kind of like sets the, you know, the context or the, you know, kind of what it's about. And so from there you like write fresh. So like bringing in old verses I wrote other times can feel kind of stale and kind of old, you know, and not the best fit, you know, but, uh, writing fresh is more like, especially if you're talking with the producer about, what we're writing about or whatnot. That in certain cases, I like to get input from who I'm collaborating with as far as like the concept and things like that. It's fun to kind of go off of that when you're creating, you know, or even some jokey thing that you say while you're making, and then you're like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write this little inside joke, even if it's not the concept of this. You know, you made some joke while you're there,
0: and then work that in as a little like, haha, hey. <laughs> I'm curious about the idea of music in itself as a personal insular thing versus music as a community creative process yeah. and and it sounds to me as if you appreciate the approach of it being a community creative process absolutely yeah
1: rarely the only thing i do by myself is write My focus has never been like, hey, I'm going to make this album. I'm going to make all these tracks. I got to get in the studio. I got to finish this. Like, that's never been my focus as a musician. I mean, I want to do that at some point eventually. But, you know, so much of what I have done in performing is, you know, live in the moment in like, jumping up and freestyling or, like, I would host nights, you know, so DJs would play for four hours and I'd be on stage the whole time, kind of like toasting, saying hooks and hyping the crowd stuff. But, you know, communal collaboration, the collaboration of it is really what I enjoy too. It's one thing to sit and write. I mean, I like doing that. I like getting concepts out, you know, and writing about stuff, but also just... Having those prompts and
0: having those things to bounce off of
1: yeah. and like read and adapt, you know I really enjoy doing that
0: it's having that second set of ears or second set of eyes to reevaluate what you've done and give some kind of different direction maybe or yeah. something that that you didn't yourself think of, but it then creates more creativity yeah <laughs> in totally in your mind
1: yeah, I mean bouncing ideas is always good, especially. If the person you're bouncing off of them, you know, you have a mutual respect of their knowledge and opinions. And when you find the people that collaborate that you respect their opinion and it's like this mutual adoration and you get that bounce back and forth, it's great. When you find those people, you, you, you see this too. Like people keep them around, you know, or try to.
0: One of the things that I like to do in this is state what my favorite part of this piece is the central theme or the theme that comes through in this is say it and yeah. um i do I, I do like the let the real emotion show gotta make it cut and dry so it's not close to no right yeah. one i like that rhyme but also people do hem and haw yeah. so often where it's just i want to make the impact less but in the end it just takes extra time and maybe somebody wastes time yeah, ripped the trying. band-aid off right yeah just do it no ground in supposed and things are so closed oh by the way i do ruin verses by the way by me saying them so <laughs> so i take it. all it's the all life out right, of them yeah, for like, sure <laughs> you put a different life into them yes no ground in supposed and things are so closed there's no room for elbows there is more understanding in hell no than maybe so right, yeah I like the way that that verse turns, and then it just, yeah, the maybe so. Well, maybe, yeah,
1: you know. exactly. I mean, if somebody's like, "Hey, what do you what, do? You want to do?" This? Hell no, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, All right. Well, I know how you feel about that. It's like I don't know. I I really think of what it is is people don't want to offend by saying something that possibly could be contrary or could be different from what. Someone wants to hear, you know, and it's like, well, I guess there are those times, maybe you use discretion and, you know, maybe the particular times when you don't say hell no to someone in that line, as long as it's not malicious. And as long as you're not being mean, when you like say the truth, I mean, the truth hurts, I guess is the first line, yeah. but as long as you're not
0: intentional, it's like, it's better just to be. You know, straightforward with it. Now the question turns to you. What is your favorite part in this piece? What is my favorite part? It might be the line you said. Yeah. No ground, it's supposed,
1: and things are so closed, there's no room for elbows. I mean, the tight lips never sunk ships. and never helped them get to get where they gotta go. I like taking old phrases and kind of playing on those, you know. The rhyme scheme, and I think that's the beauty of that part of it and kind of what i do when i write verse and not freestyle verse is that this word play syllables but also getting the content to fit in there and that's just this little puzzle of like right all right here's these words that rhyme with each other but also i gotta say something you know yeah and not just say something that everybody's heard before like say something a bit poignant or make a, you know, say it straight out. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it's, it's like you, you, you know, especially with verses and a rhyme scheme is there's an economy of syllables, right? Like right. you can only say so many
1: people are do just the end of line rhyme. And this isn't, this is close to no ground and suppose, you know, it's like staggered rhyming and inner line rhyming multiple multi I think anytime I can get a good rhythm of rhyme words and like saying something pretty cool, that's the point, right? That's the, that's the goal.
0: Why was this the song that you picked for the song that you wanted to talk about today?
1: Well, one, it's probably my favorite song that is just me. A lot of songs I've done collaboration. It's, you know, during Broke Rappers Coalition is what we kind of called this group of hip-hop artists in, like, the late aughts in Champaign-Urbana. So, there was a couple tracks I did with, like, Crooked and Cornbread. You know, it'd be like, hey, we're doing this track. We have this beat. You want to get on it? You know, you want to jump on write a verse? Yeah, sure. I have some spoken word stuff, and I have some stuff from, like, 2004 that I did recorded solo, but, like, that one's the best, like, standout one of just me. Not that I didn't want to, like have somebody else's uh, music on the podcast, but it it seemed fitting to do a track that was just me on it, yeah.
0: Even in the midst of the current coronavirus pandemic, the Jubilee Cafe is continuing to serve packaged, home-cooked meals free to all every Monday evening 5 to 6.30 p.m. Meals are available for pickup outside the 6th Street door to the Community United Church of Christ in Champaign, Illinois, 805 South 6th Street. Jubilee Cafe's mission remains the same. Feed hungry people by cooking healthy and delicious meals. We are open to anyone who cares to receive a meal. For information on the meal or how to volunteer, Go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email us at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Welcome back. So, Harsh, what is your favorite Champagne Urbana venue? Uh, I'd say Cowboy Monkey. Yeah. i mean i love
1: high dive i've seen a lot of great shows there and canopy really was where i kind of started throwing shows you know it has a special place in a home too but like i don't know cowboy monkey was great it was small you could pack it out There's yeah. like we had a lot of great shows there i saw a lot of great shows there you know there's something really valuable about seeing good talent period
0: but touring acts in small venues like that you can't beat that i'm wondering if since that was the original location of the blind pig like whether that setup just kind of lent that place to be a A little more like it
1: had yeah yeah maybe yeah maybe it had a little mojo left in it or like you know a good foundation of mojo from the pig i mean that was kind of before my time my dad took me to the blind pig a couple times to see like blues artists or like, you know, some band kind of snuck me in and I sat in the corner and, yeah. you know, it was early in the night whatnot. I, I know people that worked there and I know people that played there. So, you know, always with a space like that, it's like, okay, well this has worked before. It's not as risky to be like, Oh, is this going to work again? I mean, I think live music in champion Urbana has, you know, change in popularity or whatever, you know, things fluctuate. Think of all the bands that played at the Blind Pig. There's yeah. like so many awesome bands that played there in the 90s.
0: It still blows my mind that there was in the 90s that was there. And then late 90s, there was nothing there. There was like, there was the Brass Rail. There was right. Esquire. There was Jupiters. Yeah. And then I think High Dive crept in. And then there
1: was uh, kind of, where Mike and Molly's was, was Gypsy for right. a little while, which yeah. was, oh, which was before my time too. I never went there. When yeah. it was open. I will mention that venue wise, the best thing ever in champion Urbana was orchid for me. Right. It was cause I into hip hop and DJ culture, you know, DJ house music and drum and bass. And you know, there was a really thriving DJ scene at that time. Like, cr- like people were throwing raves all over the place in champion yeah. Urbana. I always say it was very much like, uh, like hackers, like the 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 computer science kids come from out of from all over and they're ravers and then they're like we're gonna throw these parties. and like they threw crazy parties so orchid was just like it was a Chicago club on campus in Champaign with like touring DJs it was crazy when I think about it
0: now like and tell people about it it's like what I must have had a slight overlap there. Because I was visiting in, like, 97, 98. It opened on a New Year's Eve because
1: uh, the flyer for the first one at Big Wheel was where I saw it. It looked like a rave flyer. And I was like, "What?" Is, you know. And there would right. be rave flyers in Big Wheel all the time, you know, for Chicago or for here. And so, yeah. it looked like another rave flyer. We're like, what? oh, what's Orchid? You know, people would name parties like that, too. You yeah. Know? Like orchid or sunblast or whatever whatever sunburst or you know be like oh is this a party and then it was a club and that was exciting and yeah i
0: want to say that was 98.99 i had totally forgotten about orchid <laughs> like it you know i'd been in there a few times and i i remember it just being like i don't know if saying over the top is the right thing but it was just like it 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 like leaned into everything yeah like it wasn't there was no Subtlety. No, yeah, no subtlety <laughs> to it, but it was just like it was what it was. Right. And it did not sugarcoat it. I think they just
1: wanted to occupy that space of the scene, you know. They wanted to be a club. Yeah. They wanted to bring a Chicago I mean whatever, not just Chicago, but like a city club, club there, you know. Maybe not the most elegant. You're still on a college campus.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I know, right? Um, that's always <laughs> yeah i mean as as long as you can keep the stale beer smell out of things then then you're doing all right i think as a campus bar you've had a a long history of being a dj but also you've gotten into you're doing like projection projection, art during music performances or just at the same time (laughs) yeah like uh,
1: a little of both so i've been doing things where bands reach out to me to do visuals for a show that's not necessarily a show that I'm producing, but then also are uh, we're producing shows where we're booking the lineup and it's um, like immersive projections and, but we're booking the lineup of, you know, different lineup. We kind of have a formula of like classical musicians kind of opening the night and then like live kind of more experimental or live band in the middle. And then, djs after that so it's kind of a variety show it's an audio
0: visual event (laughs) right yeah with the coming and
1: then we've also trying to work into that having visual guests where either somebody that does like illustration or graphic design or graph maybe not graphic design but graphic art we're either utilizing their artwork in our projections or other people that do visual art vj well i guess VJing. i don't know oh yeah visual art other people that mix video and do live effects you know like right. jake metz was just on the last one and he uses like an analog video synth and really cool textures and live cameras and sound reactivity in the in the visuals so it kind of connects it so you're seeing what's there and reacting to the music and whatnot how did you get into this project so I've been doing projections for man since broke rappers time I guess <laughs> like uh, I bought a projector in like two thousand and six maybe started just doing projection for bands you know or at parties yeah just got some software from a friend cracked software <laughs> yeah started playing around with that and then there was a band called Christoph's Agenda I used to do stuff for. Actually, High Dive, I did this show series called Chillax because it was a down-tempo trip-hop and that yeah. kind of down-tempo vibe. There just wasn't a space for that kind of music in town. And I, we'd do it on Sundays at the High Dive when it's slow. And we'd pull the couches out and let people study and be on the couches and hang out. And then we would book DJs and producers, and they would all play in like a very... like chill in that realm. But it also yeah. gave a really opportunity for bands that did that style, you know, where you would be the opener all the time if you were a chiller band. Or maybe you right. wouldn't get booked because it's Saturday night and we want to party, you know, and play loud music and like those bands kind of like don't have the space for it. Then I would do projections for those bands. So they would come at like Once a month, I think, I did mostly DJs and producers on most of the lineups, and then once a month or once every other week, I would have a featured band, and I would do like a small video installation behind them. Cool. And that was kind of... The beginning of me kind of being like, oh, this is cool. I want to, I could do this, you know? Yeah. Reds was a cool band that played. Mordecai and the Mirror. And then I also did a show, not to just talk about all the shows I've done, but.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, please.
1: Upstairs at Mike and Molly's was a really cool space to do projections because it's like a dark Box, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a window to the outside, but you could easily cover that up, or not that much ambient light gets in. So, I did an, another show series kind of in that same idea of like, hey, there's these cool bands making more chill, like synthy, more not hard rock and roll, or you know, indie rock. And having a space where they can headline and be the feature act, you know, and that was really cool. Like Psychic Twin played one, that was really cool. And Evil Tense, Evil Tense was oh, yeah. a cool band. Yeah, I mean Evil Tents got to play a bunch and Psychic Twin did too, but it would be really like strategic of like what bills you're on, you know. Also those bands lent really well to my visuals, you know. Yeah. I mean, I kind of made that for myself, you know, kind of like, especially the second the one of my Kamali's was kind of selfishly like, ooh, I'm going to book these shows so uh, I can do visuals for these bands, right. you know, so. And now, like, there's a couple of bands, like Dirty Feathers, I've done a lot of projection over the years for Dirty Feathers. They'll just be like two days before, hey, Harsh, you want to come do this? So? Yeah, let's do it, you know? Yeah. You know, there's, there's definitely certain crews of folks in Chamber and Banner that are just like just let's go, let's do it, you know, let's do, let's make it fun. And
0: like, they're definitely one of them. You also have gotten into making music videos too for people.
1: Yeah. That's actually more what I started doing. Well, what it was is I was booking shows and throwing shows through being, you know, involved in everything. I'm meeting people in bands and I've been known more as like in the DJ world and hip hop stuff, you know, I worked with people in bands. I. Went to a show. I mean, I love all music, you know, so I started connecting with these bands and I knew these bands. So I would be like, Hey, I have a camera. Can I come and shoot your show? You know? Yeah. And so I started off doing a lot of live concert stuff later. I like tried to document the cover up every year, but yeah, I would just go like headlights or living blue or Lorenzo gets like back then in like the mid two thousands. A lot of it was just me going, Hey guys, you know, can I do this? Like, I don't need a bunch of money to do it. I just want to do it. And they're like, yeah, cool. I mean, they don't really say no to that. Right. right. And then music videos kind of came out of that same thing. You know, mm. my first like produced music video produced like was Lorenzo Getz, uh heavy. And I was like, Hey, Larry, can I do a music video for your band? He's like, yeah, here's a song. We should do this song. And I wrote a treatment and storyboards nice. and all of it and like we rented out soma and or used soma and shut, it was right when soma opened too so it was like cool it's cool bar yeah it, was, it looks so cool in there after that i did a video for megan johns and then you know like i was doing that and then ryan groff asked me to do one for elsinore you know people see you doing stuff and they're like hey you want to you want to yeah. do something with me and vice versa i'll be like hey I like what you do, like, you know, and I never like was like, oh, that's not my genre or like, that's mm. not my thing. I Actually, most of the, you know, being a person musically who I d- do hip hop and, and electronic music and that's more what I do, like, a lot of the videos I've done are not hip hop. I've done very little hip hop yeah. videos, which is kind of funny. I like the collaboration, like we were talking about. Yeah. It. I mean, it's just storytelling and fun, you know. And also, like, what people want for hip-hop videos end up being, like, super boring. I would do some concert stuff, but I kind of, like, didn't do video for a little chunk of time. Then I started getting into projections and kind of producing some art shows and yeah, yeah that kind of stuff. There was a time when the DJ scene really came together, when kind of when dubstep was first, like, emerging in the States. <laughs> yeah, And, like, you know, as much as dubstep's become this, like, kind of a joke and kind of a uh, thing like it was really good you know it was and it was really good for the scene and for the djs because it's just like the apex and champion band of like the popularity of it and just like the talent of djs it it was also this like common ground between all the DJs: house djs hip-hop djs drum and bass djs you know techno djs that all liked dubstep you know mm. and then they were like oh we all come together we were organized that paired with it, uh, hey here's a new thing you know yeah we were a little ahead of the curb for a town our size and where we are you know mm-hmm. and i think not to like you know toot our own horn but we were, kind of were and it was because we had djs that were paying it. It wasn't like, oh, here's this new music, now I'm a DJ. You know, they were already DJs seeing all this music come out of the same places that they were looking for other music and liking it and being like, this is
0: different, but it's cool, you know? And then everyone else started liking it. I would never have made that connection. I still feel like Champaign Urbana is one of those surprising places like how how does
1: it generate so much yeah i constantly say it's an anomaly like most of the things a lot of the big awesome things that i've seen happen here like shouldn't have happened here you know i mean in all logic of like the size of the town i mean even more so back in the day all that stuff happened because college campuses is like where it's at and like kids are partying and you want to go see a band and like that's still there but it's different if we were just a town in the middle of cornfields without a university not a lot of this stuff would be happening you know and i think it's not just oh the u of i has money but the u of i attracts intellectuals and talented musicians and performers and all of that some of them stay here especially when it's like oh wow i've had all this magic stuff with this really surprising you know community that i find all this value in you know and like they stick around and then that, that definitely helps because then it attracts other people, you know?
0: I don't know what it is, but yeah, I've had a few people on the show that are, you know, music students and not necessarily that they're tired of doing the things that they've been doing as part of their, you know, program. program Yeah. Their program. But they're just like, I just kind of want to take what I'm doing and put a rock edge to it. I want to put an experimental edge to it. I want to, you know, be part of this music scene that, is interesting to me, right. and it's like it's this weird feedback loop that happens because you know those people get involved, and then right. other people are like, "I want to do what they're doing," and then yeah, you know, it's just like this this weird or like
1: learn from them
0: too, you know, like you yeah. see these people that are like, "Wow,
1: you're you're really good." Oh yeah, because I have a degree in jazz performing <laughs> you know? like, right? Oh right. yeah, you know, and you see bands like that. I mean, like the Iron Post is notorious, and now Rose Bowl is like. You go there and you just be like, "What? These people are from here." Yeah, They're, these are these people are amazing. The university kind of breeds that, but then like you know the pairing of the towniness, you know, and the, yeah. that paired with it just it's just kind of like perfect storm sometimes, you know. And you know, touching on the anomaly thing, you see these apexes; these things happen in Champion urbana when, when things are organized, as you know, venues are going and scenes are happening and people across scenes are talking to each other i've seen these waves happen you know and when it's going it's great you know and there's a lot of growth and people support each other but there's also space for everything you know it's kind of awesome it's definitely a town where you can't do everything you know there isn't maybe in like massive support for every niche genre or anything you know or whatever
0: but if you really try you can do it on some level you know a local venue or a house venue or even just what the heck like Cranert deciding to do so you know what i mean right, like, yeah. we, we have all these like weird avenues i mean i think we have the
1: least amount of venues at this moment right now in Champagne urbana which is probably one of the rough things right now i mean there's a lot of factors involved but still even with it being low there's still places to do stuff you know yeah which is cool
0: yeah, and not just like renting out the VFW or something, you know, like right. like that's a lot
1: of towns. Like yeah. that's
0: your like. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to the day again where if you just go down to well, and Urbana seems like it's yeah, doing right now, say, but I mean, yeah. like if more more of those, ven you know, there there used to be a point at which you could go down to Champaign on a Friday or Saturday yeah. night. And you could just walk. You like bounce you'd kind around. Of, you're like, oh, let's see what's going on. You don't even know what's going on. Right. But you could just poke your head in over at Mike and Molly's, and it'd be like, oh, crap, Withershins is playing here. Right. And then you'd you'd walk over, and you know you'd hear part of their set or or whatever you wanted to hear, and then you'd head over to right. over to high dive, and there'd be a DJ playing. So you'd just be like, I'll poke my head in. Right.
1: Or, yeah. There was. I mean, there was times when. There's so much going on you had to you know, you had to make choices of like, oh wow, you know. You know, without sounding like oh back in my day, kinda of guy. I try to tell people about that as far as like there was like the Velvet Elvis too at one point. It's like, okay, like that's like a loft house show downtown Yeah. Along with every other bar doing DJs or bands. You yeah, know?
0: that place had second only to Mike and Molly's, like the longest staircase or at least oh, it yeah. felt like it at the time oh because God. usually yeah. usually by about the time i would make it over to velvet elvis i had already enjoyed a few yeah. drinks so it was just You're like right. wow that's a long right this is a challenge um
1: and which one they did do? both the back and the front staircase yeah because it was the top floor jesus it was <laughs> mabel's had uh stairs like that too i always talked to you know bands that were around when mabel's was around and mike and molly's similar it's like How those stairs just seem like a nightmare to load in, load out. Especially when you're talking about like, hey, I had a few drinks and you know, and then I played and I had a few more and I gotta load
0: my gear out. Like that leads into like my final and favorite question of the section is what makes a good music scene to you? It's a good question.
1: I've talked about this with people a bunch. I think definitely venues. We talked a little off mic earlier about venues that have people that are somewhat passionate you kind of have to be passionate to run a music venue you know most people maybe if you're in a city and you have like a concert place you're not going to print money running a music video especially in a town like champagne so it's like you really got to be invested in like wanting to have the scene happen and make things happen. And part of that is good venues, but people that are booking out of town talent, you know? There's a lot of local talent in Champagne Urbana, but for a scene to kind of and like not to be like, well they're not good enough, because it's not that's not how it is. It's just the formula of having touring acts and having locals support them, however that works on the back end or whatever, whatever. But just bigger bands pulling people out to see local bands. That's really important. The connection and just, you know, the vibrance of having touring talent coming through is important, you know? And then, you know, venues that are open and opportunities for people to play that aren't just like clicky and like the same people getting booked all the time. You know, when I was speaking on a minute ago about scenes kind of intertwining, you know, and meshing like that's, that's kind of important because support, you know, anybody can go to any show. It's not like you have to like have a badge of what genre you represent. Like, oh yeah, my, I have my hip hop card. And that's when cool collaborations happen and, you know, unique stuff happens. So one thing that does help a scene and that kind of is lacking in champion, it has well, a centralized place where people get information about shows. There's no... Like, if I asked you right now, like, hey, where do you go to look for shows in Champagne You might have... You might give me three different answers. Right. But it would be really cool if it was one answer real quick, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, one calendar or one place that's kind of like
0: a place you could be like, what's going on this weekend? I think there's a lot of people that are attempting to do that, but I don't... I don't get the sense that... Yeah, it would need a huge team of people, right? Right. To make that happen. Or just one a connection between all of them. And I'm not I'm
1: not like shitting on anyone that's doing what they're doing now. I think the infor- information's out there, but having a place that was a quicker answer. I hear so much in champagne like, "Oh man, if I'd known about that, I would probably check that out." How many times have you heard that, right? So I have this new website I'm doing, right? I was right? <laughs>
0: harshfindsit.com.org.edu <laughs> right, yeah, right, yeah
1: yeah this is I, really this interview is just a pitch for my new website
0: <laughs> champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support exile on main street Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004, carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old-school gaming devotee. Alright, so welcome back. So Harsh, what is your favorite non musical thing or things? <laughs> this is a really hard question. It kind of is a
1: challenging question. I should have took time a minute ago to think about this. Non musical things. I like that's musical. I was gonna say collaboration, right? But like
0: I'm yeah. I mean, all these, all these, I I mean, it's, it's supposed to just kind of slightly take you out of the, out of the realm of Of, what we've been talking talking about, about, like being all heavy. And then I just like kind of,
1: yeah, you know, something that I, I would say nature, I guess nature Hmm. is my favorite, you know, well, video and photography, you know, that counts, right? That's not music, right? Absolutely. So yeah, light and filming nature a lot is really great video playing with light filming things making things look cool i think that might be
0: <laughs> well and porgy's mix sauce I mean, yeah that's <laughs> the obvious we, you're gonna walk away with two extra <laughs> yeah. containers of mix sauce to enjoy at your leisure yes I love uh, so i'm curious like you know there's there's wavelengths associated with light and there's wavelengths associated with music and i know that it, i'm not trying to recombine them but right. like, I'm I'm curious if you process the way that images and light and and all those elements come together There's in the sim- same way
1: similarities. Yeah, and actually, I've been playing around with names for that, like the pair, like the you know, because they're both waves. You know, right. I'm playing with the name waves. I don't know. There's something in there, but yeah, I mean, it's a little different as far as certain things but you know they kind of are the same you have feedback when you know i mean feedback on video is a little cooler than feedback well i don't know i don't know feedback is important in a lot of music too and it's pretty cool i mean not barky feedback you know but like controlled shoegazy feedback (laughs)
0: like intentional feedback yeah is always a good thing
1: yeah yeah yeah, there's a lot of similarities, especially in like recording sound and recording video, because like you know they say if you have like too much sound, there's not you, if it's overwhelming, there's nothing you can do about it, or if you don't have enough, you can boost things, but not keep your like a good tone or you know same right. thing in light, you know it's too mm. much light, yeah you can dim it down, but you know and and with technology there's some leeway there, you yeah. know. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of similarities. I think playing and dancing kind of with those similarities and, and how they kind of work similarly is, is pretty cool. You know, I've always wanted to have a, some kind of camera and a light where someone could like where audio feedback and video feedback could be controlled by the same device, like in the same way. So when you're like, I don't know, I I haven't figured that one out yet, but I think it'd be really cool to find some way to, to do that. Huh. It would be something like where you would have to have like a light and a camera. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I'll work. Huh. Out, I'll. I'll let you know about the prototypes. and
0: stuff. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't give away any trade secrets here, right? <laughs> but yeah. So you said nature is. Is there a favorite place that you like to explore nature? I haven't been to a ton of places. I mean, Colorado is amazing.
1: I think it's just. I mean, you can find beauty in nature everywhere, right? And it's just do look for it. But I grew up in the Midwest, you know. So. When I go places that don't look like here, hmm. it can easily be, you know, profound. It can be like, wow, you know, and Colorado is definitely one of those places, you know? Yeah. You know, you're just like, wow, mountains. And then you get up in the mountains and you're like, whoa, this is a different world. And, you know, honestly, you're doing video and photography. It makes it easy. You know, <laughs> those right. places make it easy. It's just like, oh, thanks for be-. it's
0: like a really good looking model you know they they make it easy harsh thank you for being on the show and yeah thank you for having me this is great and talking about your song the truth venues that i'd forgotten about long ago (laughs) and what makes a good community and then your favorite non-musical things so i really appreciate you being on the show yeah thanks man appreciate being here
1: Thank you for listening to Champagne is also a band podcast. This is Matt Harsh reminding you that great music is out there. Go find it where you live. Thank you. Sorry, thank you for listening. <laughs> no, right, I no, was kidding.
0: Yay. That's a wrap. Champagne is also a band. You almost have an NPR voice, <laughs> it's so good.
2: On the inside.
0: Oh yeah, I my have my, my hip hop card.